uh, garbage on the streets, and and we had a a good barbecue with burgers at Iglesia. So yeah, we're really really excited to be here. We're looking forward to this morning and to tonight down at, at Iglesia as well. Um, so with these all of us here. All the students have started the school um, just back in September, so we're almost three months in now. Um, and so I'm just going to get Kristen to share real quickly just the testimony of what God's been doing in her life and um, just how he's been changing her heart since school started. And you guys can sit down. <laughs> Okay, um, well, my testimony is just going to start off with me growing up so you can get the whole story with it. Um, so I grew up in a small town and went to a small Christian school, but unfortunately I was picked on by one of the girls who would lie about me, and just, she turned all the other girls against me in my class. So it was really hard going through that, and like sometimes I'd come from home from school crying, and like my mom would pray with me and... Yeah, so it was hard going through that, and um, in high school, closer to, like, probably grade 11 or 12, I started to realize, like, I didn't really trust girls that much. Um, I preferred to hang out with, like, guys because I felt like I could trust them more, and, like, yeah, I just had better friendships with them. Um, And then that was, like, kind of the same in college, too, still prefer to, like, hang out with guys and yeah, so coming to the school ministry, like, I knew this wasn't right, so I just kind of gave that over to God, and, like, I forgave all the girls that hurt me, and, like, now I just feel, like, so much freedom in that area, and, like, I can trust girls now, and I just love hanging out with girls, and, yeah, <laughs> so it's just a small testimony. Thanks for that, Tessany Kristen. Um, I'm just going to call uh, Kat up now. She's going to um, speak to you all today. Just prepare something. So I'll just pray for her beforehand. So yeah, God, I just thank you for Kat, and I thank you for everything that um, she has prepared and for um, what she has re- ready to share with all of us today. And I just ask that you'll prepare our hearts just to, to receive the, the words from you, God. And would you just speak through Kat today? And as she's speaking, will you fill her up? And will you just begin to pour into her life as well, God? Amen. Good morning. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, I think it's always great to start at the beginning of things. Um, Like when you read a book, you start from the first page, and from the movie, you start at the beginning credits. So um, to understand more fully the glorious work of the cross, I believe it is right to start at the beginning. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God saw that all he made was very good, and um, thus the heavens and the earth were completed, like everything was great. And also, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made that have been made. And so our story unfolds. Uh, The short version is this. We were created by an all-loving and all-imaginative God who takes delight in relationship with each and every one of us. But our desire for independence 
um, turned into disobedience and sin and separated us from true relationship with the one that um, that loved us and created us. Um, so we could no longer have intimacy with him because holiness can have no audience with sin. And God still wanted to be united with us. Like he, he saw that we were evil. He saw that um, we chose our way instead of his way. And he still loved us and he still wanted to be with us. So he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us as the perfect sacrifice um, and to wipe our slates clean. And that's so gracious. And as a result of Jesus' death and resurrection, we um, can now have restored life and relationship with the one who created us, the one who desires us and pursues us. So it's really quite simple, and that's so awesome. So today I pray that you find out um, just how gracious and loving God is and that he provides us an escape route from, like, our own decisions, from our own way of life. Like, we chose to go down the wrong path, but he's still, like, it's his plan to just save us from wherever we are. And so I want us to see that everything that um, happens in life and everything that was in the Bible, it points back to the cross. So, again, God created us. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. So he planned for each and every one of us to be here. He planned for us to be alive, to have the distinct personality that we have, to be, like, uniquely you. Uh, yet man sinned, so all humanity was separated from the one um, who we were created to live with. Um, King David takes note, like, you're not a God who takes pleasure in evil, and with you, wicked cannot dwell. So, um, though he loves us, like, there's just this huge chasm between us and God because we can't meet with him if we have sin in our lives. So, and um, we're called to be holy just as God is holy, but Paul says, um, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and no one is righteous, not even one. And there's not, like, a day that goes by, unfortunately, that I don't have, like, a critical thought towards someone or, like, I judge the person down the street or I say something rude to my mother or heaven forbid. And I I know I'm not righteous, and if I were to stand in front of God and, like, um, be judged, like, I know I can stand because he's so holy and I'm so not. So how do we get back on God's good side? Well, in Israel, there were animal sacrifices. And whether it was the individual or the community leader, a priest or the whole nation, um, whenever a sin was realized, an animal that was perfect had to be sacrificed. And I often wondered how that was thought of, because it just seems like a weird practice to kill a sheep for me. And, um, but God tells us the reason it actually worked was that the life of the body was, is in the blood. And I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, um, making you right with the Lord. And it's in the blood given exchange for the life that makes purification possible. So now people are cleansed from their sin, but it is still a continual and repetitive process. So it's like every day, every month, every year. Like, there always had to be sacrifices made. And it's like, and obviously, like, we don't do that anymore. It's like, so how do we get cleansed? Um, It's like, and we don't kill animals anymore. Um, So, you know, mainly for legal reasons. But it it was God's master plan 
to send a perfect purification process so that we wouldn't have to like do this every day, you know, killing and whatnot. So he sent his son Jesus to be the perfect um, sacrifice for the whole world so um, that we might once and again be forever united with him. Um, so, and this scenario is so powerful and we often skip over like so many of the important components. Um, but first I want to point out that, you know, God, the father did not send Jesus as like a backup plan. It was like, oh, rats, humanity, humanity screwed up our perfect world. So, uh, you, you know, go down, go down to earth. I guess it's time to sort things out. It's like, no, like he, from the beginning, God had a plan for displaying his redemptive love. Um, he gave us the free will to choose f- to eat from the knowledge tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And now he gives us a choice to believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and be rescued from our sin. And uh, like the wages of sin is death. And therefore, like our destinance is secure. Like it's for certain. Um, but God's desire for us to be reunited with himself was so strong that he volunteered to be sacrificed in our place. And that's just, like, I can't ever imagine why, because it's like my creator dying for me. And so, second, everything points to the cross. Just as a God is a God of detail that set um, the earth at just the right rotation so that life can be sustained. Because, like, if you change it either which way, like, the earth would fall off its axis and, like, we would be spinning off in space. Um, And forming the intricacies of each one of our cells that, like, form together and make um, the beauty of life. So he had his hand in every detail that um, prepared Jesus for coming to earth as a man. Every Old Testament book plays a part um, in foreshadowing the Messiah. Um, one, a couple of examples. After the fall of man, God promises that the offspring of the woman, or Jesus, would crush the head of the serpent. Um, so even from the beginning, he had a plan. And also, uh, like Isaac was the promised child for Abraham and Sarah, and they waited for like hundreds of years for, well, 100 years almost, for him. So Jesus is the promised child that Israel waited for for like thousands of years. Um, and like Israel... Um, in the desert, when those who were sick and they looked upon the cross uh, with the bronze snake, um, if they looked upon that, they would be saved. And that's a direct foreshadow of Jesus. Like if we look on the cross and believe on him, then we are saved from death as well. Um, and also in Matthew, he quotes passages from the Old Testament like five times in the first three chapters, just showing how like his birth was um, a direct fulfillment of everything that was written about like ages ago. Um, in fact, there are over 300 prophecies that Jesus, uh, concerning Jesus, like from birth to death and resurrection and all the life that he gives us. And the probability for just like one man to fulfill just eight of them, eight out of 300, is um, one in 100 million billion, which is like one with 17 zeros at the end of it. So <laughs> not a very good likelihood that anyone else could have fulfilled anything that was written about Jesus. So everything points to the cross and Jesus as the savior of Israel and the world. And even those who don't have the Bible, like tribal, um, indigenous tribes and whatnot, um, they have put into practice the idea of a scapegoat. And they have like they have no idea about the Jews or about Jesus. Um, But they have this idea that something must die so that others can live and be saved. And they have no idea. 
and yet they realize the need for some kind of covering over their wrongdoing and sickness. Um, and that typically comes in the form of blood because life is in the blood. So that's amazing. And but Jesus, or God goes on to tell us like exactly like pointing exactly to Jesus. He tells us who he will be. Um, he says, here is my servant. He, I made him strong. Uh, he's my chosen one, and I'm pleased with him. I have given him my spirit, and he will bring justice to the nations. He won't brush aside those who are bruised and hurt. He won't disregard the small and the insignificant. Um, he won't quit or give up until justice is brought to the nations. And he tells us what Jesus' purpose will be. In Isaiah it says, on this mountain he will swallow up death forever. And that's that's such a great promise for us. And he tells us how he will act. He'll act wisely. He will stand upright. He will be um, the perfect example of how for us to live. And he also says what will happen to him. He says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He was oppressed and afflicted. And for the transgression of my people, he was beaten. So God tells us all of this so that we will be able to recognize Jesus um, and trust in him when he comes. And so just who is Jesus anyway? It's like he claimed himself to be the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to Jesus, to God but the Father except through him. And Paul also says that he was an image of the invisible God. He was God himself and the firstborn of everyone on earth. He is before all things, and in all him all things hold together. For God was pleased to have his entire nature live in him and reconcile to himself all things, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And I also, like, I wonder how one person dying, like, saves me. I live 2,000 years later, and I have basically nothing to do with it. But why does it work? Why does the work of the cross just have so much power? Um, Well, the same principle applies to the the offering for other people and the offering to be for it to be acceptable the sacrifice had to be uh, had to be perfect had to be spotless and therefore the sacrifice to cover all the sins of man had to be a perfect man and none of us qualify for that only god is perfect and only he could ever meet such a tall order um so god became man um so that the sins of man might be covered by perfect blood. And Duncan Smith often says that the Son of God became a son of man so that the sons of men could become sons of God, which is just outstanding. Um, So exactly what happened? Um, Well, Jesus knew what he was getting into. Like, when he decided to come to earth, he signed up to be the atoning sacrifice, he, um, at least twice in every gospel, he, he tells his disciples what's going to happen to him when he gets to Jerusalem. Like, he'll be betrayed, he'll be handed over to the teachers of the law, um, he'll be beaten, and he'll be condemned, and he'll be put to death, just so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. So, imagine this. Jesus spent, like, he made an all-nighter. He spent the night without sleeping. He was betrayed by one of the twelve, one of the people that he was training, um, one of his dedicated followers. He was betrayed by one of them. He was denied three times by one of his best friends. He was deserted by everybody else. And he was harassed by the teachers of the law. He was mocked by the Romans. 
He was beaten, whipped, and scourged past human recognition. Um, He was drugged through the streets. He was rejected by people that he came to save, and he was condemned to die the most torturous and humiliating death ever, and that's crucifixion. And he did that for you. And there are medical reports that um, that go into detail about the like the physical effects of what Jesus went through for us, and I'll just share a few of those. Um, first, uh, did you know that sweating blood is actually possible? Um, it's a condition called hematidrosis, where the body is under extreme stress, and the capillaries by every single um, sweat gland just bursts because there's so much stress in the body, and then you just ooze blood which is absolutely crazy. And also he was like repeatedly struck and like hit in the face um, on the journey between Pilate and Herod and the cross. He was whipped up and down his body um, and not just like a whip of leather. Like the practice of the day was to like attach bone and pieces of um, like lead to the end of each thong so that when... um, every swing would like dig deeper into the skin and just like rip off flesh and just like ribbons of flesh would be left. And so if you've seen Passion of the Christ, they do a decent job at depicting that. I bet it was even worse than what they show. And that was horrific. Um, And then they decided to put a king's robe on him because he was claiming to be the king of the Jews. So put that on a nice open wound and then rip it off later, and that's just just torture all over again. And then, and then there was a crown of thorns, also another form of mockery. And they just and don't think like rose thorns. It was like the inch long, like just stuck in your head. And so they were he was paraded around in this new wardrobe for a while and since you can't be crucified wearing a robe you have to rip it off just like reopening everything and with like extreme blood loss and he was sleep deprived he was forced to walk up a mountain with a 140 pound cross on his back um yeah just for you and there he had the nails that went into the wrists and hands and like you can't put it in the in the palm because it would rip out, so they put it in the wrist, so it's held together um, by the two bones, and it's the same with the feet. But if you go in between the bones, you go like directly through the main nerve, so like everything that you feel is just like spasms in your hand. And the typical death by crucifixion was suffocation because, like, as you hang by your hands, um, you can't exhale. And so you have to push up on your feet, which, you know, you have these big nails going through your nerves, so that hurts. And you have to exhale, rub your back all along that wood. And so you have to alternate between hanging on your hands, hanging on your feet, and it just becomes exhausting, and you have to choose between, like, excruciating pain on one end or on the other, so um, not pleasant. And also, they say that, like, the Romans were obviously, like, skilled at this. They had done it all the time, and it was more of a form of torture than, like, execution because people could stay on the cross for, like, days, and it was just for, you know, excruciating pain, just, you know, mockery. Um, so that's why the up and down, 
Um, and the, because you had to push up to breathe out, that's why they broke the legs of the thieves who were taking too long to die. Um, but Jesus' audience, however, found out that he was already dead. And they made sure by spearing him in the side, which was also a fulfillment of prophecy. And so water and blood gushed forth, signifying that like so much fluid surrounded the heart that it had put pressure on it so that um, he was sent into like cardiac arrest. Um, and the constricting water in the cavity surrounded, surrounding the heart had like essentially just like crushed it. And so Jesus didn't die of lack of oxygen, but um, a broken heart. And so amazing. Every time I consider what, to what extent Jesus went through in order to take my sin upon himself, because that was everything. Was, not only did he go through physical pain, but he went through like the emotional pain of being rejected. He went through everything that I went through, just like times a hundred. And he just to release me so that I could walk in freedom. And I just asked, like, why in the world would he do that for me? And it's like, well, you know, what was accomplished? Um, because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice, and he died in my place, so I don't have to. And took my sin and the sin of the world on himself. Um, all those who trust in him are justified. And justification means that the debt that I owed um, has now been erased. It's like where I would have been condemned guilty in the sight of God, um, just like everybody would be. I'm now pronounced not guilty. So my criminal record is zero. And Romans says, since we're justified through faith, and it's only through faith, which is like so simple, we're just um, just believing in him. Um, we have peace through God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus, because through him, the law of, of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. And um, I believe, like, what James said earlier was, like, right on about, like, a heaviness. Because just, like, going through this life, we just get so much junk that's put on us. And there's just a heaviness of living from day to day. But, like, when we, um, when we trust in God and when we just put our faith in him, it says the peace of God can come to us. And he just, like, lifts off all that burden. And that's why he came for us. So today, um, if you don't have a personal re- Oh, oh, wrong page. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> um, but it was even better is like with the the peace that God gives us is made possible, um, not just because Jesus died, but because he rose from the dead. And that's where our hope lies, because it's like death didn't win. Like it's not the final word. Um, now we have life. And, like, not only am I pronounced not guilty, but I have the opportunity to have, like, eternal life in him. I can, I can live with him. I can take part in that new life of Jesus. Um, and he promises us, because I live, you will also live, which is just so freeing and exciting. And um, that new life is not only eternal life, like when you die or go to heaven. It's, like, it starts now. And so, like, if you have the new life of Christ now, like, it's, it just brings... It's it's on earth, too. It's not just like when you die. So if you believe in him and you are already living that new life, and for anyone who is in Christ, it's a new creation. The old life is gone and the new life has come. So, like, life can be exciting. It doesn't have to be boring and mundane. It's like 
oh, this world is broken and stuff, but there's so much joy for those of us who are in Christ. Um, I was saved when I was about eight. I was like in second grade and there was no big like emotional or I don't even know how much I knew. I knew that Jesus was Lord because I've been taught it for like my all my life. But um, there was just like a prayer time and I was like, well, I haven't like officially asked Jesus into my heart and I don't want to go to hell. So um, come on in. <laughs> and but I mean, even though it wasn't like. Like, it wasn't emotional, or maybe I didn't exactly know everything, or I didn't have, like, a huge conviction. Like, I knew Jesus was Lord, and just, like, inviting him in made way that, like, the rest of my life had life. Like, it wasn't, um, I didn't have, like, as much um, junk from the world that was on me because I carried his life in me. And I just feel blessed that... um, that I walked in that, and maybe I didn't exactly know um, to what extent, but I did have freedom because, like, he was walking with me, and that's um, that's available for every one of us. So I just want you to see how great the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we would be called children of God, and that is what we are. For God loved us and loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that we will not have to die if we believe in him, but have eternal life. And Daddy created us for a relationship. Um, in, the e- in the Garden of Eden, he walked with Adam every day. Um, and he just likes spending time with us and with his kids. And though we messed up by bringing sin in the world and separating ourselves from God, he, he still desires so much um, just to be with us. And he just he couldn't leave us in darkness. So he set the stage, gave us all the signs pointing to Christ, and he sent us to save us from ourselves um, with his son, Jesus. And so it was all about the love. So, you know, at one time we were all foolish, disobedient, deceived and captured just by the passions and pleasures of the world. Like we lived in hatred, being hated and hating one another. Um, But when the kindness and mercy of love of God and our Savior appeared, he he rescued us, not because of any good thing that we had done, but because of his mercy. And he saved us through the washing and rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, um, whom he poured out generously on us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so that having been justified by grace, um, it's just a free gift. Um, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Um, So here God has given us this huge and undeserved gift of his grace, and we don't deserve to get off the hook. We've done nothing good to deserve it, Um, not for anything that we've done, but because of his love, he desires us to be reconciled to him. And so, like, how do we respond? What do we do? And Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, And Jesus did all the hard work. He suffered in every way. He experienced the judgment for all the sin. Um, So you don't have to feel guilty anymore. You don't have to feel judged. You're not condemned um, because he took it all. And now it's just up to each one of us to determine how we'll respond Um, So today, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I just challenge you to confess that Jesus is Lord. Repent of um, whatever baggage and sin that you carry with you. 
um, and just receive the forgiveness that Jesus' death on the cross has provided for you because it's just an open-handed gift. Like, you don't have to do anything to perform. You don't have to stand on your head or do a cartwheel or just whatever. You just, like, just receive the gift um, that he gives you and just experience that new life and that new freedom that he gives. Um, yeah, so you don't have to do anything to get it. Just accept the forgiveness of um, what he did when his blood was shed. Um, And Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So today, just lay down all stress and hardship that comes from this life. Just every worry and anxiety that you're carrying with you about um, what the future holds or what's going to happen with your family or you know, whatever, and just accept the gift of grace. May he just come in you and just fill you up. So I invite um, just those of you who would like to take um, part in this wonderful relationship with Jesus. Like if you know, like you're not in a right place, like you haven't taken this commitment. Like if you want to just stand. And also like those of you who um, may have slipped off the road, like maybe it's just been like really rough for you lately and um you just let your relationship with Christ just slip away. Um, if you want to get back on track with God, if you want to just um, accept him once again in your life and to get things right, I just, I'll just i ask you to stand too so that we can just pray for you and just like recommit your life to him. And those of us who are already in a relationship, um, who just who love God, who are just walking with him, I just, I ask you to take like a couple minutes and just during this time, just, um, just thank him once again for what he did for you. Just the sacrifice of his love and just how, how great he is and just what he's doing for you. So just take this time to, um, just thank him. And since it's always good to, to welcome him in, I'm just gonna lead us through a prayer and so you can just repeat after me. So. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come. So, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I repent of all my sin. I thank you for dying for me on the cross. I ask you to come into my heart right now. I confess you as Lord of my life. Help me to live for you. Hmm. Yeah, amen. So, so Lord, I just bless you and I thank you. And um, I thank you for the wonderful gift of your son, that he was the plan from the beginning, that he, um, that he just desired to bring us back to you so much that he would go through all that for us. And I thank you for the new freedom that that grants us, uh, that we can just walk in a sureness that uh, you have everything under control and that you just take away our burdens and you replace them with your peace. And so I just ask that your Holy Spirit will just stir up our hearts once again and just show us the things that we're holding on to that aren't of you. Um, Show us the things that that you want to take away from us and um, just give us your yoke in return. So, Lord, I thank you for your love, and we love you in return. We just say, bless you. Um, I ask you just bless this day, too. In your son's name, amen. Thank you. That was good. 
That was really awesome. Thank you so much. And in a few minutes, we're going to have an opportunity um, for you guys to come forward and get prayer from the team. Um, at the end of the service, they're going to line up. And if there's anything that she talked about that really um, stuck out to you that you would like prayer for, please come forward um, and they will pray for you.